Welcome to Animals Today, your home for serious talk about animals. I'm Dr. Peter Spiegel. And what do you know, PETA, PETA's allegations that they were being spied upon by SeaWorld have been verified by Joel Manby himself. Incredible. Well, Bob Ferber, Bob Ferber, former L.A. city prosecutor, he's on the line and we're going to discuss this uh, amazing revelation. Bob, hi. Hi, Peter. Bob, were you surprised like I was to to read this? Very surprised. I, I really hadn't was never aware of a, something quite like this, where a, a nonprofit that is trying to go undercover to find out about abuse of animals or even any other types of illegal activity, that the company that's that's doing the illegal act decides to go undercover and go after the other group. So yes, I was absolutely very surprised and and my initial reaction was that uh this is despicable but there's a part of me peter that some of your listeners know that is an animal rights advocate and very much for doing stuff for animals but also as an attorney i can see some interesting issues that are, that come up with this uh decision by SeaWorld to put some employee undercover and lie to peter uh for certain purposes that we can talk about. Now, when this uh, was alleged over the summer, my reaction was, oh, there's PETA going off again, making claims that are sometimes almost too hard to fathom. So when I heard this, I'm like, wow, uh, they're vindicated or they're correct and in, in going out there. And they have named a particular employee from SeaWorld who uh, apparently is the guy. Yes. So, which is quite amazing. And, uh, <laughs> But, and I think it leads us to, you know, the big question is, should SeaWorld be able to do this? Or is it right or wrong? Now, we didn't learn a lot about what was behind this. What were the motivations or, or, or and certainly there was no apology uh, by SeaWorld. Uh, but uh, what, do, what do you imagine they were trying to accomplish? Well, from the article, there was seemed to be and some suggestions that, SeaWorld wasn't going undercover to, for some noble reason, like to make sure that Peter wasn't making false accusations. Uh, I think if that was the situation, it raises an interesting legal question of why can't SeaWorld go undercover to see if the, the you know the group that's overseeing them or trying to call them on illegal activities, they can just check on them and see if they're doing it right. Uh, to make sure that PETA is not falsifying videos or or statements. But it appears from the article that SeaWorld didn't go in there for that reason, that SeaWorld went in to disrupt PETA to possibly corrupt their uh, reports and make it look like PETA was even breaking the law yeah. uh, and maybe even getting PETA in trouble. And that, to me, is despicable and Frankly, this is not the lawyer talking, but the animal lover talking. I'm not surprised with SeaWorld. <laughs> SeaWorld's done everything they can to continue to keep animals in mammals and, and uh, marine life in, captive, in horrible captivity and has continued to lie to people around the world that this is a good thing and that we're really helping them and teaching children about animals and brain life. Okay, well, let's blah, take... Blah, blah, blah. Sorry, take, it sounds so cynical. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, take a step back and speak more broadly just to get a little legal background here. Is it is it legal to, to try to infiltrate your competitor? Good question. The phrase corporate spying refers to a, a series of laws that do exist that make it illegal for a competitor, let's say a clothing competitor, there's two companies, Levi's and Wrangler, jeans, and Levi's wants to go undercover and find out new designs that Wrangler's coming up with, and they want to steal those designs, and they want to figure out how they're marketing so they can steal that information. There are laws that actually prevent that, and that's called corporate spying. Your listeners can realize immediately that what what is this about? It's about gaining financial gain. It's corporate spying is one company trying to get it into another company so that they can compete. It's not about an agency or a nonprofit organization trying to uncover 
how an, another organization like SeaWorld is doing something illegal. You, you might, as an example, imagine, let's say that Wrangler Genius was having sweatshops and make, doing illegal things and making jeans, and Levi's decided to go undercover to expose that. Would that be illegal? My answer would be no, that that's not, Levi's isn't trying to get money from Wrangler, although they might benefit from it, but they're saying, no, we're just being good, and we want to show you that Wrangler is doing something illegal and taking advantage of illegal doctor aliens or something like that. So, but, you know, your listeners can understand, Levi's would benefit from that. So should Levi's be the one to go into cover? Should we allow that? Should we allow, so getting back to SeaWorld, should we allow a company to check on a nonprofit that is trying to check on them? Yes. It's like spy versus spy. It really is. You know, it, it's, uh, remember the Mad Magazine uh, strip of the two, the two spies that were constantly going after right, each other? Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it is. It's spy versus spy. But I, I really think that we need to keep a real sharp distinction here that SeaWorld wasn't wasn't going in there for some noble purpose. It appears, at least from what we've read, SeaWorld went in there to undermine yeah. Peter's effort to do something noble, which is to, to uncover animal abuse. And SeaWorld certainly was not doing anything noble. They weren't going in there to show that Peter lied, Peter did this. From what we can tell, they sent this employee in to disrupt their operations and undermine Peter's credibility. And to me, that is just simply retaliation against a whistleblower, basically. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, and then we all have all heard about whistleblower laws, and the whole idea of whistleblowing is to promote the public good, to allow people to secretly report things that are wrong in an organization. Uh, and that's and I don't see any difference between PETA finding out about it by sending an employee undercover or finding out about it by looking over a fence. SeaWorld is going after a whistleblower, in my mind. PETA is a form of a whistleblower uncovering animal abuse, and this is an attempt to squash and silence a whistleblower. Okay. And I think that's tragic and, and, and should be criminal. But is it? It's probably not. I don't think it is. Yeah. No. Even though it's illegal to to mislead an employer, especially a government employer, and uh, say that you're joining the police department for one reason when you're not, uh, it really becomes also a, a thing of a matter of proof. Uh, is it illegal for somebody to join the police department and tell the police, I'm doing this because I love law enforcement and I always wanted to do this and my father was a cop and my mother was a cop, when in fact the person's going there because they don't like police and they want to work here to find out what's wrong. That technically is illegal. Can you prove it? Right. I don't think there's any way to prove it. We can't go in the mind of somebody. So unless somebody fills out an application that shows a phony address or says that their resume, they lie about their resume, we really have no way of questioning the motives of why somebody joins yep. an organization. But it makes, it makes so. you wonder if you're, you're leading a nonprofit such as an environmental group, let's say. They, they tend to be uh, pretty controversial sometimes. And you need to always be looking at your leadership and make sure you haven't been infiltrated and always wondering what's going on. That really is sad, and I don't know if there is a way to really enforce that. Uh, how can you keep SeaWorld from going there unless you're sending an employee undercover, unless you really can prove through documentation that the sole purpose was to harm PETA in some ways and undermine their investigation. But you know, we, you've done shows on this before, Peter, about the the laws making it a crime to uncover animal abuse around the country. These ag-gag laws that are is where states are saying that if you go on somebody's property, a, a factory farming or property to take pictures of animal abuse, even though you are seeing horrible abuse, 
you're a criminal now because you don't belong on that property. And we're seeing this trend where corporations, in my opinion, are going to legislators and saying, protect us from regulation. We don't, and they're really saying we don't have to, they know they don't have to worry about government regulation because the government isn't doing this. So we have to rely on PETA and HSUS and, and other organizations that go undercover. It'll be interesting to see if there's any reaction from legislators about SeaWorld doing what they did, because these ad gag laws that we see around the country where USO has covered that, where companies that engage in abusive factory farming have gotten laws to make it criminal for somebody like PETO or even you and me to go on their property and take pictures of animal abuse. Well, why doesn't that apply to SeaWorld? It's kind of interesting, especially that SeaWorld was not really going in, just like these ad gag laws, SeaWorld wasn't going in there for any noble reason. They were going undercover for an obvious reason, to undermine Peter's credibility and ability to uncover animal abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and it, I think the, the biggest uh, tragedy here is that in this country, we have for decades relied on the government to regulate companies to make sure they don't engage in abusive people, abusive children, abusive women, abusive animals, whether it's a sweatshop or some zoo or SeaWorld. We've relied on the government, and unfortunately the government has retreated, and as we all know, it's now commonplace that that you're only going to find out about corporations doing abusive things or breaking the law by a whistleblower. You know, why do we have to... We shouldn't have to wait for a nonprofit group to do this. The government should be doing this, but they're not. And I think the biggest issue is we have to get the government to care more about animal abuse and realize that animals in captivity and marine life in captivity is a crime. And we shouldn't even have to be engaging in PETA versus SeaWorld and SeaWorld versus PETA. It should be the U.S. versus SeaWorld in federal court. Couldn't agree more, Bob. Thank you very much. It'll be really interesting to see uh, if this goes uh, anywhere. We certainly appreciate your, your thoughts about this one. You're welcome. And stick around after the break. We've got more with animals today. For the past quarter century, International Society for Animal Rights has fought the battle against dog and cat overpopulation. Its programs include reducing income taxes by allowing a deduction for spay and neuter expenses, preventing animals adopted from shelters from reproducing, and requiring the mandatory identification of dogs and cats to prevent dumping the unwanted. For a list of all ISAR overpopulation programs, please see their website at www.isaronline.org. Tax season is here. Many of us are wondering how we can maximize our tax refund and get it faster. Jackson Hewitt CEO David Prokupek shares a few tips on how to make the most of your tax refund this year. At Jackson Hewitt, we're serving hardworking Americans, making tax season less taxing. And this year, you can have your federal refund loaded onto an American Express Serve account. When you do, you can get your refund up to two days faster than an IRS direct deposit. We're going to let folks pop into Walmart and pick up the refund for under 10 bucks. It's really a great deal. One of the ways to maximize your refund uh, this year at Jackson Hewitt. Are there any other benefits for getting refunds on the card? This American Express Serve card helps you avoid high check cashing fees. You also get $50 on American Express Serve card the same day you complete your taxes with us. It's our way of saying thank you. But the best way to get the biggest refund, for which most Americans is the biggest paycheck of the year, is to talk to a tax professional and make sure you get it right. For more information, visit jacksonhewitt.com. The stock market is off to a rocky start in 2016. Between China fears, a stalled economy, and falling oil prices, millions of investors are now asking, are there any safe havens? The answer is yes. Turn to Dana's trusted friends at Swiss America so you can understand which asset class can offset stock declines and preserve your wealth no matter what happens this year. Please call them now at 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646. That's 800-289-2646. Ask for Swiss America's brand new Right on the Money Kit. Best of all, it's free. Learn more about the smartest assets to own in today's uber-risky financial world. Do it now to maintain your peace of mind. It's so simple to save your savings. And with Swiss America, they will give you the tools you need to preserve your financial future. Don't risk not knowing the facts. Swiss America is right on the money. Call now, 800-289-2646, and ask for your free Right on the Money kit. 
Knowledge is power. Don't wait until it's too late. Just call them at 800-289-2646. Do it today and make sure to tell them that you heard it on The Dana Show. Peter, March 9th to the 13th is National Aardvark Week. Aardvarks, I like them. Do you know how to spell aardvark? A A A A A A R D V A R K. That's correct. Okay. Do you know what an aardvark looks like? Have you ever seen a picture of one? Oh uh, yes, I've seen their sort of. Uh, Not a cartoon, a picture mm-hmm, of picture. one. They're For cute. Real- they are scaly. They have long tails. They've got a pointy snout. They are cute. They are very unique and adorable-looking, medium-sized creatures. They have these long, beautiful ears, which sort of reminds me of the long ears you see on the deer. They have a tubular snout, like a pig-like snout, which is used to sniff out food, Mm -hmm. and a long, extensible tongue. They are nocturnal burrowing mammals native to Africa, and they feed on ants and termites, which they will dig out of their hills using their sharp claws and powerful legs. They're also called the ant bear. Oh, that's great. Ant bear. Ant bear. So there you go. Now you know a little bit about these animals. And March 9th through the 13th is National Aardvark Week. So, Peter, I know you're dying to play a song for us. I know. I love this one. Listen to this. Has anybody here got an aardvark? Has anybody here got an aardvark? Everyone here has a right and left ear, but nobody here has an aardvark. You're a dandy group. There's a can of soup. There's a hula hoop and a kid with a toop. Everything's cute, but it really doesn't suit because nobody here has an art park. Has anybody here got an art park? Wow, that brings has back a lot of memories from my childhood. Lord, you remember that one? Oh, you're Everyone just telling your age right there. Right it's from Wonderama. It's really cute. Here has an art park. Major support for Animals Today Radio comes from International Society for Animal Rights. For decades, ISAR has been a world leader in the battle against dog and cat overpopulation and its moral, social, and economic costs. Please visit their website at www.isaronline.org. I want to welcome back to the show our friend Eric Mills, and one of the hats Eric wears is that of being involved in an organization called Paw Pack. Peter and I get regular updates from Paw Pack, and we appreciate their work in educating us about what's happening in the legislature and what our elected leaders are up to concerning animals. Welcome back, Eric. Hey, Laurie. What is Paw Pack? Glad you asked. Paw Pack was founded back in 1980. Uh, it's subtitled California's Political Action Committee for Animals. And I've been on the board probably for 20, 25 years. PawPAC was put together by mostly Virginia Hanley, who died just two years ago, my mentor and one of my very favorite people, along with uh, George Stichler from the Animal Legal Defense Fund and Larry Kessenick. Those two helped founded the Animal Legal Defense Fund as well, Rose Lernberg. But for 36 years, we've been putting out an annual voting chart, and we'll pick probably eight to ten bills going to the state legislature every year and then follow the votes in the committees and give everybody, you know, a, a yes or no vote on how they voted on, on the different bills. And at the end of the year, total them up and give them a letter grade on how well they did for the animals. And so we do, do not make up this stuff. It's just a reflection of how the legislators themselves voted. And this year, for the, I almost had a heart attack. For the first time ever, we had four Republicans who earned an A grade for animals. Wow, fantastic. <clears throat> so I thought it was pretty extraordinary. And I should list them. Uh, Brian Mainchain, Travis Allen, David Hadley, Mark Steinorth, all from Southern California. But in the 35 years preceding, we had only one legislator and all that time Republican who earned an A grade. And that was kind of a fluke, I think. So maybe we're on a sea change here. One would think that animal welfare would be a bipartisan issue. But it's not. I've been going to Sacramento for God, close to 40 years now. And if it comes to costing a dollar or putting another law on the books, the Republicans will almost always vote against the bill, even though they tell me they love animals. I just went through the 2016 roster for the legislators this year. There are 120 of them, uh, 40 senators. And there's an interest column under with each bow. And of the 40 senators, 
18 mentioned environment or environmental protection. 80 assembly members, 15 mentioned environment or environmental protection. Only one out of those 120 mentions wildlife, one person. And nobody, not one, mentions animal welfare or protection or, God help me, animal rights in their interest. Not one. I've always said if the animals had a voice, a vote, or a dollar, it would be a different world. But they don't. They have us. And more folks, I wish more animal people were really involved in politics, because I think if you're not political, you're dead in the water. And you can change a whole lot with just passing some good legislation. And Governor Jerry Brown is pretty prone to signing these bills of late. So I'm hoping people will jump in there. If anybody wants to get in touch with me, I'd be happy to send them a voting chart and our list of legislation this year. There are several bills we're really looking at. Uh, Senator Lara has reintroduced his bill to ban the use of bullhooks on elephants. It was banned last year. Governor Brown thought that the penalties were too strong would create another crime. So the bill is being reintroduced to ban the use of bullhooks on elephants. I think it's going to fly. And just personally, I think the most important bill this year is one by Richard Bloom from Santa Monica. It would seriously regulate the use of rodenticides, pesticides, you know, for killing rats and mice. But quite often, there's a secondary problem when predators like coyotes and mountain lions and bobcats, dogs and cats, too, come in and eat the poison rodents, and then they die. So that needs some serious regulation. It's a major problem throughout the state. So people need to know it's real easy to write your state legislator, and I recommend that everybody does do so. Uh, and constituent mail is more important than letters from outside the district. But all legislators may be written care of the state capital, Sacramento, 95814. And Eric, just to cl- clarify, you are only based and work in California, correct? That's correct. And how do people sign up for your newsletter and alerts? If they want to drop me an email, I would be happy to send them a sample calendar and also the latest Paul Pack chart. And my email address is AFA, as in Action for Animals, at MCN.org. Eric Mills, thank you so much. Thank you, Laurie. Appreciate all your good work. Hi, it's Dr. Lori Kirshner, host of Animals Today Radio, and I'd like to invite you to join me each week right here for the latest animal news from around the globe. From animals in the wild, to animals on farms and in agriculture, to our beloved dogs and cats, Animals Today tackles the important issues about their welfare and rights while promoting compassion and respect for all living creatures. And yes, Animals Today is your home for a serious talk about animals, but there's big doses of fun and adventure for everyone. If you want to know what you can do to help tigers in the wild, or whether your family should adopt a tortoise, or why you should avoid buying puppies from pet stores, you will love Animals Today. So make sure to join us on this station each week. Visit us at animalstodayradio.com, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and join the discussion on Facebook. Thanks for listening. Your Animals Today tip of the day has to do with kittens. If you find a litter of newborn or very young kittens, do not assume the mother has abandoned them. If they are not clearly in distress, their mother is probably hunting for food or in the process of moving them. She may even be hiding nearby until you've gone. You should leave the kittens alone for a couple hours and stay far enough away so the mother feels safe to return. If she doesn't return and you're absolutely convinced they are abandoned, contact your local cat rescue group and ask for advice about your particular situation. And that is your Animals Today tip of the day. Rita, you look upset. I am, and I'm not sure what to do. My neighbor's dog is tied up outside. He looks very skinny and sick, and I never see food or clean water given to him. You need to report this right away. What do you mean? You should call Animal Services or the police and tell them about the abused and neglected dog. They can help to make sure the dog is properly taken care of. Okay, I can't stand to watch him suffer anymore. What's the number? Even though most of us take good care of our pets, not everyone treats dogs and cats with the care and compassion they need to be safe and healthy. If you see that a dog or cat is not being treated properly, report it to Animal Services or the police right away. Pets need food and clean water and protection from extreme weather. You can make the difference, and you don't have to give your name. 
Help stop pet abuse and neglect. Be their voice. Make the call. This message is brought to you by Advancing the Interests of Animals. Visit them at AIAnimals.org. That's AIAnimals.org. There is no getting around it. The great outdoors isn't so great for your cat. From speeding cars to toxic lawn chemicals, coyotes to cruel humans, cats are no match to the dangers of today's world. The good news is animal behavior experts say cats don't need to go outside to be happy. Your family will be happier and healthier, too, without the ticks, fleas, diseases, and the dead critters the outdoor cats bring their owners. And you will never have to explain to a crying child who or what hurt her pet or why he hasn't come home. Cats can enjoy a happy and safe life indoors. The key is to provide attention, exercise, and a stimulating environment. Play with your cat. It's fun for both of you. You can hide toys around the house, too. Just make sure there can be no detachable parts that can be swallowed. You can protect your cat from becoming a tragic statistic. Tomorrow may be too late. This message is brought to you by Advancing the Interests of Animals. Visit them at www.aianimals.org. That's aianimals.org. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-643-2848. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Hi, I'm Missy Tannen, founder of Bull & Branch. Bowl & Branch makes the softest, most comfortable sheets in the world for a fraction of what you'd pay in a department store. We only sell online at bowlandbranch.com and cut out all of the markups you'll find everywhere else. I'm especially proud that three U.S. presidents sleep on our sheets. Bowl & Branch bedding is a fantastic gift for yourself or for a loved one. It's Black Friday weekend, and there's never been a better time to give us a try. So go to bowlandbranch.com today for huge savings on our sheets, towels, blankets, duvet covers, everything, plus free shipping. Our products come beautifully packaged in our signature boxes, complete with bows and tissue paper. There's never been an easier way to give a thoughtful gift. So don't miss the Black Friday sale at bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com. And use promo code BLACKFRIDAY. Give the gift of comfort at BolinBranch.com. Promo code Black Friday. Do you hear that ringing? I've heard that ringing in my ears for over 20 years. My doctor said... The ringing and buzzing in your ears is called tinnitus, and you're just going to have to learn to live with it. The constant ringing in my ears is annoying. I've tried everything, and nothing worked. So I invested my own money, met with doctors, specialists, and certified labs. After a decade of research, we've developed Tenoxyl, a prescription-free, 100% natural and effective way to stop the ringing. And better yet, it helps me sleep. Trying to sleep with ringing in my ears is almost impossible. But with Tenoxyl, I started sleeping better in the first couple weeks. I'm so confident that Tenoxyl will help you too that I'm giving the first 100 callers a free 30-day supply. Don't let the ringing in your ears control your life. Call now and get your free 30-day supply. Just pay shipping. Take back control of your life. Combat the ringing and start sleeping again. Try it for free. Call 800-930-1669. That's 800-930-1669. 800-930-1669. Welcome back to Animals Today. Peter and I have been thoroughly enjoying Dr. Michael Greger's new book called How Not to Die. In this book, you can discover the foods scientifically proven to prevent and reverse disease. Dr. Greger is the founder of nutritionfacts.org. And in the past few weeks, Dr. Greger has joined us for really interesting discussions on preventing heart disease and stroke with diet, and also Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease. Welcome back, Michael. 
So glad to be back. Michael, I have so many questions I'd like to ask you related to your book. I thought for today I'd just throw out some topics for you to address. Is that all right? Sounds good to me. Let's start with this. The book makes a very strong argument for plant-based diets and specifically whole and unprocessed healthy plant-based diets as a means of disease prevention. So let's say a listener is reading your book and they have started adopting some of your guidelines, but it's going to take them a while to get all the way. Are there any specific foods or supplements you would tell them to definitely include at this time, regardless of what else they're eating? Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the whole point of my daily dozen checklist is, yes, you know, whole food plant-based diet, that's the best available balance of evidence suggests that's the healthiest diet. But, you know, there are particular plant foods that are especially healthy. So, yes, vegetables are great. But dark green leafy vegetables are even better than other vegetables. Fruits are great, but berries are the healthiest fruits. And I encourage people to go through that list and and try to fit as many of those into their daily diet, regardless of what other steps they're making in their diet. Can you briefly tell us your Dr. Gregor's Daily Dozen? Daily Dozen is beans, legumes, beans, flippies, chickpeas, and lentils, three times a day. I want three servings a day. That's about a half cup each. So ideally, uh, beans with every meal. Um, I want people to eat a serving of berries every day three servings of other fruits, cruciferous vegetables, right? Cabbage family vegetables such as broccoli, kale, collards, etc. serving day, um, and two other servings of dark green leafy vegetables and two other servings of other vegetables. Um, a tablespoon of ground flax seeds, a palm full of nuts and seeds every day, uh, um, herbs and spices, particularly um, one quarter teaspoon of turmeric every day, um, we also need to get three servings of whole grains, uh, five, uh, uh, 12-ounce um, uh, glasses of beverages, about three ones I on site in the book as being particularly helpful is water, uh, hibiscus tea, an herbal tea called hibiscus, as well as green tea, green or white tea. Um, and then I encourage people to get 90 minutes of exercise every day. You mentioned turmeric which is a major constituent of curry. And actually, Peter and I have started eating a lot of it around the house because of your advice. Tell us about it. Great. Yeah, well, there's more than 50 clinical trials now that have tested turmeric against a variety of diseases, lung disease, brain disease, variety of cancers, been shown to make colon polyps disappear, speed recovery after surgery, effectively treat uh, rheumatoid arthritis better than a leading drug, also appears to be effective in treating osteoarthritis, other inflammatory conditions such as lupus, inflammatory bowel disease. I recommend a quarter teaspoon a day. Michael, is the mission of the USDA at odds with the health of American citizens? Well, part of their mission is. Um, so their, their mission is twofold, if you go to the website. On one hand, their, their reason for being is to promote agricultural products. At the same time, they're the ones put in charge of protecting consumer health in terms of doing meat inspections and um, uh, helping to create the dietary guidelines. So when it comes to eat more messaging, then everything's in sync. So they say eat more fruits and vegetables, right? That supports their, you know, promote agricultural products and make people healthier. Okay, but what happens with eat less messaging, right? Well, then uh, then there's a conflict, an inherent conflict between their let's make people healthy, at the same time let's make, uh, you know, producers rich. Um, and so when it comes to meat and eggs and dairy processed junk, um, instead of just very clearly saying, look, we have to eat less meat, um, uh, which is what was uh, in the original Dietary Guidelines Committee recommendations but never made into the final guidelines because of political reasons, not scientific reasons, um, and so they don't say eat less meat. They say they uh, make it a biochemical component code. So they say eat less saturated and trans fatty acids, for example, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, when they say, well, they want people to get more vitamin C, they don't say eat more vitamin C. They say eat fruits, right? Eat fruits and vegetables. Um, but to disguise the eat less messaging, they say they don't talk about food at all because it would be too clear if someone said eat less meat. But uh, if someone says eat less saturated fatty acids, nobody knows what's, what to do with that. And so it makes uh, their um, industry partners all that much happier. 
How important is it to include omega-3 fatty acids in your diet? I know many physicians are recommending fish for fatty acids. Well, um, uh, omega-3 fatty acids are, aren't called essential fats for nothing. We need to get, you know, um, uh, about 2.2 grams of uh, essential fats into our daily diet. And that can be easily fulfilled with my recommendation for a tablespoon of ground flax seeds, um, as well as my other recommendations. And so we can get omega-3 fats. They're concentrated in uh, plant sources. It's alpha-linolenic acid. It's short-chain omega-3 is found in flax seeds and uh, hemp seeds, walnuts, a little bit in dark green leafies as well. Uh, one of the reasons I encourage people to eat nuts and seeds, chia seeds have a lot of omega-3s as well. Um, and uh, and for those who want to get preformed long-chain omega-3 fatty acids in our diet, even though we can make them, um, then you, I encourage people to get pollutant-free sources. And so instead of getting fish oil, one can get those same long-chain omega-3s, EPA, DHA, from pollutant-free sources such as algae oil, microalgae. And so you can get the omega-3s without the mercury and PCBs and flammatory and chemicals, etc. I was a little surprised to read that you're not a fan of olive oil. Um, oil is, 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 is one of the least nutrient-dense foods on the planet. I mean, even extra virgin olive oil. I mean, look, one tablespoon, that's about, what, 100 calories, 120 calories? I mean, you, you could douse that. You could down that spoonful of oil. You wouldn't even, you wouldn't even know it was there. Whereas if I give you 100 calories of broccoli, 100 calories of tomatoes, 100 calories of strawberries, that's a heaping bowl. Um, wow, that would actually fill you up. I mean, so in this society where we have an abundance of calories and not enough nutrition, I encourage people to eat whole plant foods. Oil is the table sugar of the fat kingdom. So it's like you take a sugar beet, really healthy food, um, but then you throw out all the nutrition, you're left with table sugar. Same thing. You take a walnut, throw out all the nutrition, you're left with walnut oil. Yeah, it has a few you know, fat-soluble nutrients like vitamin E still left in it, but why would you throw out all that nutrition when you can you know, eat um, you know, whole plant foods directly? So I encourage people to eat you know, uh, whole plant foods like avocados. Eat, no, eat nuts. It's not, I mean, I'm not advocating for a low-fat diet. I'm advocating for a whole food, um, plant-based diet, and so oils are highly processed. Talk about chocolate and cocoa powder. What are the health benefits of them? And I hope you say there are because that's one of my favorite foods. Well, the health benefits are in the cocoa solids. Um, so they're actually very high in uh, antioxidants. They're beneficial. Um, we talked about polyphenols in one of the earlier programs. Um, and these and cocoa products are packed with polyphenols, but the problem is, is that sugar is added to make chocolate, and the natural fat found within chocolate, cocoa butter, is actually highly saturated. One of the rare sources of saturated plant fats that can increase your cholesterol. So you say, well, wait a second, how do you get the cocoa solids without the fat and sugar? And you do that with cocoa powder. So cocoa powder is the best of both worlds. It's defatted, no sugar, cocoa solids. Um, which it has all the benefits. And so you say, well, okay, well, what do you do with cocoa powder? Well, you need a whole food source of fat, and then you need a whole food um, sweetener. And so I encourage people to experiment with all sorts of things. I mean, I talk about, I give recipes. So if you took, for example, frozen um, sweet dark red cherries, um, put them in a food processor with some cocoa powder, um, and, uh, you know, a frozen banana or something, um, and you could put a little almond butter if you want, which is just ground up almonds. You blend that up, and you have just a decadent, thick, rich, wonderful chocolate ice cream, which is just fruit, um, and, you know, and, 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 and you, made, you just made it healthier by making it chocolatey because you added all that cocoa powder. So you have healthy, you know, chocolate ice cream. The more you eat, the healthier you are. Mm. Um, I mean, so, I mean, that's just, so, I mean, you just have to find ways to incorporate healthy foods in the diet to make it convenient and delicious. Okay, that's going to be my, my dessert for tonight. Michael, I didn't want to miss an opportunity to ask you about any 
possible benefits of red wine. Most people believe one to two glasses of red wine once in a while or even here and there is healthy. Is that true? Well, it's healthy if you eat a miserable diet and have no, there's no redeeming uh, qualities about your lifestyle. So for, for the standard American uh, population, actually uh, moderate drinking may actually extend one's lifespan. Um, but for those who even have a modicum of healthy behaviors, like to eat, you know, eat fruits and vegetables every day, um, they, you know, exercise, they don't smoke, then there's actually no benefit from alcohol. And in fact, the risk is that it increases cancer risk. So for women, um, uh, even light drinking, meaning up to one, a single glass of wine a day, could uh, increase breast cancer risk, although it's, interestingly not the red wine. And we think it's because there's actually compounds in the skins of grapes um, that uh, that act as aromatase inhibitors or inhibiting estrogen synthase, this uh, enzyme that breast cancer cells use to fuel their own growth by producing estrogen on, on themselves. These compounds in red grapes as well as white mushrooms and other healthy foods um, appears to suppress that. So it's possible. So the, the benefits of the... Um, the grape skin components in red wine may actually counteract the, um, uh, the increased risk in cancer one would get from the alcohol. And so there haven't been any studies showing red wine increases the risk of breast cancer. So if you are going to choose um, uh, uh, alcohol, red wine would be the best choice. Though you can get the benefits without the risk. You can get all benefits by just simply eating the grapes themselves. Dr. Michael Greger, thank you so much. So glad to help. Your Animals Today tip of the day is about urine spraying by cats. Spraying is a way for cats to mark their territory. Spraying is mainly a trait found in male cats, but females will also mark when they are in heat. Of course, in house cats, it's quite undesirable, but fixing your cat is the best way to correct this problem. Litter box issues are another common cause of unwanted spraying. But if the behavior persists, ask your veterinarian to make sure there are no other medical problems present. And that is your Animals Today tip of the day. Tax season is here. Many of us are wondering how we can maximize our tax refund and get it faster. Jackson Hewitt CEO David Prokupek shares a few tips on how to make the most of your tax refund this year. At Jackson Hewitt, we're serving hardworking Americans, making tax season less taxing. And this year, you can have your federal refund loaded onto an American Express Serve account. When you do, you can get your refund up to two days faster than an IRS direct deposit. We're going to let folks pop into Walmart and pick up the refund for under 10 bucks. It's really a great deal, one of the ways to maximize your refund uh, this year at Jackson Hewitt. Are there any other benefits for getting refunds on the card? This American Express Serve Card helps you avoid high check cashing fees. You also get $50 on American Express Serve Card the same day you complete your taxes with us. It's our way of saying thank you. But the best way to get the biggest refund, for which most Americans is the biggest paycheck of the year, is to talk to a tax professional and make sure you get it right. For more information, visit jacksonhewitt.com. Cell phones, tablets, and PCs are practically lifelines, especially if you use them for business. Tech expert Russ Frushtick is here with some tips on how small businesses and the rest of us can prevent tech troubles and get quick repairs. Don't skimp on cases or storage devices that protect phones, tablets, and computers, and consider insurance for repairs or replacement. Keep your software up to date and backup data either in the cloud or on actual hard drives. What if the devices get damaged or just stop working right? Glitchy cell phones, tablets, and computers can really hit the bottom line. The new Next Day Guarantee from Staples Tech Services keeps small businesses running smoothly with tech services delivered fast, done right, guaranteed. That means PCs brought into Staples stores by noon will be serviced by 5 p.m. the next day or the repairs are free. Some exclusions apply. Staples Tech Services also offer mobile phone and tablet repair in select Staples stores, including cracked screens, poor batteries, broken home buttons, and more. For more information, visit staples.com slash tech services. I'm Bob Dorigo Jones, and this is Let's Be Fair. Class action lawsuits play an important role in our justice system. They can make it easier for large groups of people who have been injured or harmed to obtain justice by sharing legal representation. However, a petition filed recently with the U.S. Supreme Court reveals that an alarming number of class action lawsuits are enriching the lawyers while their clients get almost nothing. For example, a class action lawsuit filed over a popular brand of batteries resulted in a payday for the lawyers of $5.7 million, 
but their clients got less than $350,000 combined. Put another way, the lawyers got 94% of the settlement money, while their clients got only 6%. That's only $0.05 for each of the 7 million folks who were harmed. Let's be fair. Compare that to the already high 33% charged by most of the contingency fee lawyers advertising on TV, and we can see just how outrageous that is. So how can this happen? Learn how by visiting our website at centerforamericatv.org. We often talk about the risks your dogs and cats face from wild animals and predators. We often remind people to keep their cats indoors. We think outdoor or indoor-outdoor cats, unless you keep them in an enclosed uh, safe area, is a risky thing. And same with dogs. Leaving your dog in the backyard, especially small ones, they can be victims of attacks by Uh, coyotes and other animals. Well, there's a new report from the Department of Fish and Wildlife, and this comes out of the East Bay Regional Park District. This is around the Oakland area. And what they did was look at 107 mountain lions that were killed last year. They were killed legally because they were deemed predators and there were special depredation permits to kill these lions. And they basically did necropsies on them and examined the contents of their stomach. And you know what they found out? They found 52% of those that were analyzed were found to have eaten cats, dogs, or other domestic animals. This was very surprising because it was felt that mostly these mountain lions would consume deer as their main food source, but really they're going after domestic animals. So there's a warning there, and we haven't been blowing hot air. Indoor-outdoor cats and outdoor cats are at risk to be prey. That's number one. Secondly, your smaller dogs are at risk to be eaten. Very simply stated, your smaller dogs are at risk to be eaten by coyotes and mountain lions and perhaps others. The dogs are not aware of the risks when you leave them out. They are often attacked very stealthily from behind and grabbed, and before you know it, and before you can react, it's over. Also, you may have seen another interesting video of a coyote scaling a pretty tall wall with no difficulty at all. So you better believe these animals can get over a six and sometimes even taller wall without any difficulty. I want you to think for a moment where you were if you were alive in 1962, long time ago. Kennedy was president. We had the Cuban Missile Crisis. Now, there's an elephant named Lucky, named Lucky, who has been in the same small enclosure in a San Antonio zoo since 1962. Just imagine what a horrible existence this must have been for this intelligent, gentle creature. Lucky is about 55 years old, and for the past three years has been alone in that enclosure. But there may be hope for Lucky. To tell us about what's happening with Lucky, I want to welcome Jeff Pierce. He's a litigation fellow with the Animal Legal Defense Fund. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Peter. Glad to be with you. Okay, so we want to get a little update about this poor elephant, Lucky. Who is Lucky and uh, what's going on with Lucky? Well, Lucky is... uh solitary Asian elephant who has lived for 54 years at the San Antonio Zoo. Uh, She was taken from the wilds of Thailand uh, as a very young elephant, um, removed from her family and her natural life, and uh, has been on display in the United States ever since. So we filed a lawsuit on her behalf in December. Uh, under the Endangered Species Act, arguing that to keep uh, an endangered animal like Lucky in social isolation and in other conditions uh, that fail to provide for her needs Mm -hmm. uh, violates federal law. Yeah. Now, she literally has been alone for three years. Is that right? That's correct. 
she was alone for a period of, of two and a half years prior to that, mm. um, and she's effectively been without an elephant friend uh, for more than a decade. Now, why has this come to a lawsuit in the first place? Uh, anyone looking at this would say this is probably not a good situation for an elephant. I agree with you, and it's distressing to us that an institution like the San Antonio Zoo that purports to be committed to conservation and education uh, would think that it's a good idea to keep an elephant like Lucky alone. It's hard for us to understand. The prior director, uh, Steve McCusker, had basically committed the zoo to keeping Lucky until the day she dies. Um, uh, He had um, referred to her, or the zoo had, as a weird elephant, um, claiming that she had bonded more with people or that she prefers people to other elephants. The current director, Tim Morrow, has maintained that position. It's very strange to us because the zoo intends to convert uh, the elephant exhibit and probably others into something they're calling uh, Africa Live, which is some sort of safari experience they want to provide to guests. Uh, And so we thought this would be a good opportunity for them uh, on our dime to retire Lucky to Sanctuary and make space for the African elephants they intend to bring in, but the zoo declined to take us up on our offer. Uh, we gave them plenty of opportunity, um, as did a city council member there in San Antonio, Councilman Cryer, who asked uh, the zoo and, and our party to mediate, and we accepted that invitation, uh, but once again, the zoo declined to come to the table, and so we had to resort to litigation. And explain how, under the Endangered Species Act, you're able to litigate. Like many environmental statutes passed in the 70s, the Endangered Species Act provides what's called a citizen suit provision. Well, Congress, uh, at the time that they passed these acts, envisioned basically a dual enforcement mechanism. So um, in the case of the Endangered Species Act, the federal agency tasked with its enforcement chiefly is uh, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Um, But Congress had in mind that private citizens would have a role to play, and so they allowed citizens to bring lawsuits to enforce provisions of that act, um, just as might be true under the, say, the the Clean Water Act or the the National uh, Environmental Policy Act. So, on behalf of three concerned residents of San Antonio, we used that citizen suit provision in the, in the Endangered Species Act to, to sue on Lucky's behalf here. Well, it's just tragic to know what this poor elephant has endured for so much of her life. We really look forward to uh, getting more news from you. And of course, we wish you all the greatest success in the suit. Thanks very much. We, uh, we obviously hope the best for Lucky as well. That's Jeff Pierce from Animal Legal Defense Fund. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Peter. You're listening to Animals Today Radio, your home for serious talk about animals. Now in its eighth year, Animals Today covers all animal-related topics and issues worldwide with an emphasis on animal welfare. Animals Today is a project of the nonprofit animal welfare organization Advancing the Interests of Animals. Its mission is to improve the lives of animals and to encourage increased compassion and respect for all living beings. Check them out at aianimals.org. That's aianimals.org. Your donation to Advancing the Interests of Animals will support the ongoing production of Animals Today. Just visit aianimals.org and click Support Us. And thanks for listening. And thank you for tuning in to Animals Today. This is Dr. Lori Kirshner encouraging you to nurture your love and compassion for the only other beings sharing our planet, the animals. <laughs>